0: Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. I hope everything is fine and all that. And um, yeah, so this is this podcast where we talk about faith, life and love in the context of scripture. Today I want to talk about... um, I think the power of the mind and how the things that we think about have a lot of impact on you know our emotions our thoughts our beliefs our value systems and your state of mind and well and our state of mind and well-being and I'm saying this from a very personal place of of experience and um, as one grows older and wiser I might say to the glory of God begin to realize that you know that scripture that says guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life it's i think that's in the book of proverbs chapter four it's so true because it's almost like you should there oh lord anyway one should be so vigilant about what is fed i should be very vigilant about what is fed into my heart In other words, the things that I read, the things that I meditate upon, the things that I hear, the things that I give myself to, the the places that I put myself in, the spaces that I inhabit, and the voices that speak into my life. And I know as one is young, one may not have a lot of control over this. You may not be able to influence, you know, some of these decisions because you are young but as one grows older i think one really needs to be as intentional as possible as you can and i believe that if god if god if we pray or if i pray and i ask god to help me i believe that he will help with those things and i just want to first of all read the scripture and then let me discuss it so that i don't go off too much on a tangent and then come back so i'm going to read the book of um I'm going to the book of Philippians in the New Testament, the epistle of Paul to the church in Philippi, chapter 4, and I'm going to read from verse 8. In this chapter, Philip was just trying to exhort the brethren and telling them, you know, that they should be, I mean, you know, the the church in Philippi was generally a good church, so he, he didn't really have any, like, chastising message for them. He was just encouraging them to continue in christ continuing the doctrine you know he was just teaching them things to just get them by through you know all the difficulties of being new testament believers of christ you know and new believers who were charged with spreading the gospel amongst people who really didn't believe so you know in that spirit of exhortation of teaching of building and you know and sharing he said um he started off by saying um Rejoice in the Lord always, this verse 4. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made not known unto God. Verse 7. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then he now goes to verse 8. He says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now what I get the most, may the Lord bless the reading of his word, what I get the most from these verses of scripture is the linkage between the peace of god and the god of peace and what i give my mind and my heart to and my life to from verse 4 to 7 it ends with the peace of god which passes all understanding shall keep your heart and your mind through christ jesus but then he counsels us not to worry in verse 6 not to be anxious about anything but that in everything that we are concerned or anxious about we should go to the Lord with prayer, that's petition, with supplication, which is like pleading before God and thanksgiving. And in that spirit of prayer, in that spirit of supplication, in that spirit of thanksgiving, we should make our request known unto God. And he said that as we do so, the peace of God, we pass it on understanding, will do his work. He didn't even say, that is going to ask God is going to answer your prayer, which of course He will. But what He He assures us that we will get, or what the Spirit of God is assuring us that we will get immediately as we get up, or as we get up from this that, um, place of prayer, is that the peace of God, which passes on understanding, shall keep my heart, shall keep your mind, shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But there has to be my part, your part, our part. Is to present everything, to come to God in prayer and supplication and in thanksgiving, and somehow God then does what He knows how to do. So, the, the answer to those prayers will come in the fullness of time. But what we will get immediately is the peace of God. And honestly, based on what I have seen and experienced in my life over this next a, a couple, of a few years, that peace of God is what is most important. Now, when you go down to verse eight. To nine, which is where he now says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are pure, whatever things are honest, if there be any virtue or any praise, think upon those things. Words are powerful. I'm a communications professional. When I hear people say things like, You know, words don't matter, I can say anything I like, I just look at them and I wonder. Because the Bible teaches us that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And that God upholds all things by the word of his power. And that in the beginning was the word. That's the word of God. And the word was with God. The word was God. This particular earth, this universe, this world, this this universe that we see, this galaxy that we, we, we are enjoying, the air, the oxygen that we breathe, was framed by words. God will not do anything without speaking his word, first of all. So, the fundamental basis, the order that we have on this earth, when um, um, God says, as, as long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Um, Whatsoever a man soweth, he shall surely reap. All those principles of life that we all see, that we are all a part of, is because of the word that has gone forth. Isn't it funny that God doesn't, you know, that God is a speak act God? He speaks first and then he acts based on what he said. Haven't you thought why why, why I it that God doesn't act first? But it just shows you that his word is his power. And that and, and there's a scripture that says that it says the word of his power. So, in the same way, Proverbs 18:21 teaches us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words are powerful. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart. So he is he. he. Now, there's no word that comes out of our mouth that doesn't start off with thoughts. Which is why God says, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest. Because the more I meditate upon evil things, the more I put myself in a space where people can be speaking evil into my life and heart, the more likely my thoughts will be messed up, the more likely seeds that should not be grounded in my heart begin to germinate and they will either i mean um, the bible teaches us in the parable of the sower in luke chapter 4 that the seed can only give fruit after its own kind so um if somebody is sowing seeds of evil of trying to put you down trying to make you feel less than what you are of discouragement of bitterness If one doesn't deal with it and find a way to exercise those words or remove yourself from the place, those things will begin to germinate. And that's why when you've had, I don't know about you, but for me, when I've had, if there's some kind of arguments or some kind of situations I get into, before I can detoxify myself from the impact of those words, it takes a lot. So I'm beginning to learn that I have to try to make sure I don't put myself in a position where I am sitting under the ministration of the devil. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the devil is walking through someone to minister their evil upon my life through the evil words that they are speaking. Negativity. And there's somewhere because sometimes it may be that we are really making mistakes and we need to be chastised by someone. But the Bible says that Godly sorrow leads unto repentance. So when you are in the kind of sorrow that is not productive, it's not bringing... Any significant transformation, change, or self-reflection that is, that is life-giving to you. You don't need to know that whatever that advice or whatever that counsel or whatever it is that thing is coming from. It, it's not of God. For God to have a... I mean, there's a phrase that actually talks about godly sorrows in the New Testament. That means that there's ungodly sorrow. There's a kind of sorrow that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I do not mean the sorrow from losing somebody. Although that cannot I mean that can also be sometimes manifest itself in that way but I mean the sorrow that comes from a negative experience that may not be life-threatening but is so wrenching it may be something that happened in a relationship it may be something that someone did someone said but the important thing for me and based on my own learning and my experience and things that I've been through is that I need to be more vigilant about safeguarding the space in which I put myself whereby I listen to and hear and receive things that are contrary to what the Bible describes in Philippians 4 8. So in other words, evil reports people speaking into your life and saying things that at the end of the day, when they leave you you are left with a weight and a burden, as in you are so weighed down by their words that cannot be God that cannot be God, that you are so weighed down it's, you know You begin to... All sorts of bad memories come back. You need to do something about that. And this is the Holy Spirit speaking to me specifically. You know, that's why these musings, they're very personal. They're not... It's not... We don't... This is not a teaching session. This is me reflecting on, you know... Because I, I, I have found myself... In fact, to be honest, I found myself in that kind of situation yesterday. And the Holy Spirit warned me. And that's the thing. Because he'd actually warned me that, you know, I was having a meeting with someone. And he warned me that... I should move location. And later I felt, you know, I chose what seemed to be more convenient, not knowing that there was something the Holy Spirit was trying to avert from me. So I stayed in what looked like a comfortable situation. And I always do this. I always disregard what the Holy Spirit tells me, which is so sad. And eventually, it led to a series of um, events that then led to my being in a space where I had to then very unproductive. I won't. I, in fact, calling it a conversation because it wasn't really a conversation it was very unproductive. And because of the circumstances, I couldn't remove myself from the place without looking, um, without looking confrontational or disruptive or that kind of thing. So the devil had ample time to dis- you know—to to, to to disturb my ecosystem. And it's all on me. You know what I'm saying? I, I gave him the space. So, I think what I'm beginning to learn is I just need to identify the relationships, the spaces, the places where this kind of thing is likely to happen. I'm being vigilant about defending myself. I'm making sure that I do not put myself in that position anymore. Because I'm someone, I don't know about, you know, you listening, but I'm someone that my state of mind is so important to me. I mean, this... And my peace, my my personal peace. I it's it's a direct. It's my I don't know how to explain it. My state of mind and my the peace around my ecosystem, my emotional ecosystem, my spiritual eco- ecosystem, is like my superpower. It's very important to keep me grounded in terms of my daily schedule, what I need to do, and you know just how I function. Sometimes when some of these things happen, it really does set me back. You know, I just it just really weighs you down. Exactly, that's the word. You get weighed. And that tells you that that's, this is just the devil. Using human beings, using situations. So, once it happens once, twice. In fact, I have been really stupid in this particular case. Because it's happened to me so many times. And I still don't learn. Or oh, I learn, and then I let down my guard. So, I think, yes, I definitely let down my guard yesterday. And then, so, yeah. It just, I mean, I at, at the end of the day, I couldn't really do anything. I couldn't function. I thought I'd be able to do some schoolwork. I couldn't do anything. Because I was just like, my goodness. You know, because to shake it off, and that's what I mean. Words are powerful. So it's like when somebody, you know, is somebody pours like, um, you know, something like hot, or, uh, I don't remember. Someone, someone pours something on you. You know, yes, you'll survive it, but you have to then clean up. You know, maybe it's, and it stains your clothes. You know, you, you have to go through the process. You can't just continue because something has happened. And, and that's how, when these things happen, we find ourselves in those situations where. You are exposed to words It's an exposure. It's like you have actually been exposed to harmful substances. It's just that you can't say it, but you feel the impact. Your soul has been exposed to a harmful substance through people's words. You know? And um, what happens is those words, it's almost like somebody has put a cassette or a CD inside your computer. It's just going to be running rent free in your head. Playback. And for someone like me, sometimes it takes, hmm, sometimes it takes days, sometimes weeks. I think I'm, it's much easier for me. Now, but When I think of the process it takes me to erase that hard drive, that negativity that has been put in that hard drive, it's almost, I think it's far better for me to be more vigilant about making sure nobody comes to play or place or insert a negative CD in my mental hard drive, in my emotional hard drive. It's better for me because it takes me a lot to erase it once it has been inserted. That's just the way I am. And I think that's the kind of vigilance that God is asking for us in that scripture in Proverbs 4 that says, Guard your heart with all diligence. What are the things that come into our hearts? It's thoughts, it's words, things that people say, unbidden thoughts too that come into our heart, things that we read, that we hear, that we see, that we internalize. Guard it, it says, with all diligence. In other words, whatever it is that you need to do within the word of God and by the power and wisdom of God, Guard your heart, your heart. He didn't tell me to guard my life with all diligence. In fact, there's nowhere in the Bible that God tells us to guard our hearts, our life as Christians or as children of God. What He tells us to protect is our heart. And in fact, the more I'm talking about this now, I'm really wondering whether I should call this thing "Guard Your Heart" or "Think on These Things." But but I think the, the two of them. I'll, I'll put both scriptures in the in the, in the description, but. The scripture about guard your heart is all diligence, and the scripture that says whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, think upon these things. They are complementary, because one is saying even if those thoughts get into your heart, then you have to purge them out and drive them out, and make sure that you replace them with things that are that are you know that are of good of good report. And of course, that's the word of God, and what God says about you, God's perspective about you. I mean, there are people that are in our lives. Who their only ministry is to make you feel less. You know, they, they're not even telling you, you know, they're not helping you. You know, there, there's some people that they challenge you positively. And when they come into your life, they're not just telling you, oh, you're not good at this, or you're not, but they're they helping you to make positive change, change in your life. Those are not the kind of people I'm talking about. Those are life changers. Those are transformational people. Those are angels. But the worst are those people who their only role in your life is to tell you how horrible you are, how you are not, and they're not they're not, they have no roadmap to help you. In fact, their 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 goal is just to make you feel bad that you are a bad person, either to deflect attention from themselves or to go about to achieve some undisclosed agenda. I'm finding, and I think I'm just going to leave this here because I sometimes I, I feel these musings don't need to come to a conclusion because the point is, our lives you know, you, you can't conclude on this when the, the, the story is still unfolding so I can't conclude but to bring it to a close I think I am beginning to find that at the end of the day that scripture that says study to show yourself approved unto God a workman that needs not to be ashamed rightly divided. Of truth. i think that's second timothy 3 verse 15 is very correct i'm learning that the person that i need to study to meditate to show myself approved unto his god i've spent a lot of my life trying to please people around me people who i thought they had my best interest at heart, and i found out that they, they, first of all you can never please them they are never satisfied they continue to remind you of the one you have not done. It's like you do an exam, and the the the, the, the lecturer keeps changing the marking sheet, or the questions, or the pass mark, or the cut off point. The cut off point continues to change. He's seventy percent yesterday? Tomorrow is eighty. Next day is eighty five. Next is hundred. Then is hundred and five. You can never pass that exam because they are not intent The intent is not for you to ever pass it. Because the intent is to continue to make you feel less than. So I'll just leave it at that too. I think I would rather be put myself under the tutorship of the God who does not change the marking sheet. Ah, Father, thank you. I love you, Lord. He doesn't change the question paper. He doesn't change the marking sheet. He doesn't change the score. He does not change the cut-off points. The same cut-off point that he set from the beginning up to Moses, up to Jesus, is the cut-off point he's going to uphold. The question mark does not, the question sheet does not change. The marking sheet does not change. So you study to show yourself approved unto God and you hit the cutoff point, you will surely pass. You will pass. Because God does not have any agenda that is negative he doesn't want to see you fail he's not in it just to show you that oh I'm better than you or just to control he really wants the best outcome for you for me, for all of us and we will see it as we yield ourselves to him so I'm beginning to realize now that my challenge on this life is to study to show myself approved unto God I have spent my whole life trying to show myself approved to the people that I thought were the most important in my life and guess what I have not won. In fact, there has been no time I have been acknowledged to say, oh, even if it's only for efforts, we can see you trying, even though you have not accepted. Oh, it's, no, it's not, there's nothing like that. And the spirit, and, and as I'm growing up and older, and I realize that, because for so long I blamed myself, thinking I should have done better, I should have tried, maybe I'm not. And I realize that the intent is not for you to pass. The intent is just for you to be subservient. That was the intent. So it's to make you feel so bad, it's to crush you from within, and make sure that you feel so bad about yourself that anything that you that I become, anything they say that I am. And for me, I you know this recently, the Lord made me, you know, introduce me into that word of an undisclosed agenda. But I also know that it's the devil walking through these individuals. So I think. When you have those kind of relationships in your life, I think one just needs to be aware. And when the Lord points it out to us, like I said, the experience I had yesterday, it was disobedience to God and overlooking His counsel that even put me in that position. But in a way, I think it's also a wake up call for me. And that's what I like about the Lord. Every situation is a teachable moment. So even as it's happening, as I'm do- doing this recording about it now, God is using it to teach me so that I become more aware and hopefully. May I learn? I pray pray that I've learned. Because I've fallen into this uh, pothole one time too many. It's it's far too much. I need to start really learning now. That at the end of the day, what I should strive for is what Philippians 4, it says. And that at the end of the day, it is really God that I need to walk towards His approval and I should not put myself in the place whereby I am working for the approval of men who really have no standard or principle to uphold. All they are concerned about is one-upmanship one-up most of the time. They are, and I'm not saying all people like this. But I'm saying, just like Paul says, I follow Christ, I am. I follow, follow me as long as I follow Christ. At the end of the day, the person that, Every Christian should be following. The person I should be looking up to is really Jesus. Even if I study to show myself approved of the people around me and Jesus is unhappy with me, what have I gained? So since these people that I'm struggling to show myself approved with, I am not passing their test. They are scoring me badly every time. They change the marking sheet at will. They are changing the scoring. Okay, let me cuckoo pack that exam. Let me face the exam of Jehovah, is he not better? That one I know he won't change the marking sheet. He will even give me coaches and mentors. He has the Holy Spirit to me teaching me. They even have mercy. They allow me to receive and retake exam. But they, they are not even they don't even set questions for me that I am not able to meet. They tailor the exam to the, the teaching that they've given me. And it's not a one one-off exam. And even when I, I, I fail, they 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 or I fall short of the map, they, they coach me, they you know, it's it's a loving, um, how would I say a, a, a loving tutorial, a loving chestnut. I can see that they they have my best interest at heart, and I think that's the main thing. I can see that they have my best interest at heart. So when the Holy Spirit chastens you, even though you feel bad you feel I, rather i feel bad that i've let him down it's, it's not a it, and, uh, yeah so i now understand what the godly sorrow is because the godly sorrow makes you feel bad that you've left it down it's not it's not that kind of sorrow that makes you berate yourself and makes you feel like a worm warm or like worthless or you you know why am i such a failure the holy spirit never makes you feel that way he makes you feel bad that you have let him down or, uh, I mean, it makes you feel, I'm not saying it makes you feel that way, but that the repentance that comes from the chastening of the Holy Spirit is a godly one. It doesn't, it doesn't take things away from you, rather it adds to you. Even if it takes anything away, it takes away from me the desire to do things wrongly. But yes, it does take you through a process of grief. But that grief is not a grief that destroys you, it's not a grief that steals from you, it's not a grief that kills from you. Godly sorrow will not lead you to harm yourself or to think harmful thoughts. So anyways, I'm just going to leave it there. And um, as you can tell, this is something that is really... Yeah, I'm going through at this time. And I just trust God that God will do what he has to do to help me to understand how I need to live my life in such a way that I insulate myself um, from negativity and that I allow... I build a cooking by wisdom and the power of God to ensure that... I am able to think on the things that the Lord will have me think upon, guard my heart with all diligence, so that the peace of God who passes all understanding shall keep my mind and my heart through Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted. And have a wonderful day.